Let's crank that petty dial up to 100 and get this shit rocking. So any uh any good trades go down this week? Good ones, that is. Because uh, personally, I saw nothing but bum fucking offers from everybody, so I'm shocked we didn't veto them within a heartbeat. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. All right, I'll keep the rant under two minutes. First off, y'all are bums. Second off, use the veto button properly. No more burn votes, no more pot stirring, any votes based off of someone else's team looking better. Just because you're scared that I have a monster of a human being in Jalen Hurts doesn't mean that you're not going to kick my ass because he can't fucking make half of his passes. Also, if Bobby wants a safe player, mind you, who got two points less, let the man live. He's been a roller coaster every season. He just needs a little something to keep him grounded. For God's sakes, let's give it to him. Real talk, though. Only thing that should get a veto is if the trade has obvious sense of bullshit and collusion. I can smell you. Or if it's so lopsided that it gives off vibes of someone just straight giving up, which is, again, leading to collusion. Anything that's extreme bullshit, we can see. If you guys are going to keep doing the whole draft values, like, oh, that's a first rounder for a 15th rounder. Why would I do that? Doesn't matter. As soon as the draft is done, week one, in the books, draft values mean absolutely nothing you got to get out of here with that mindset it does not carry well for your team later on you can sit there and have somebody who could easily give you some value but you refuse to because you hold on to somebody that you coveted in the third round not anybody getting called out or anything by the way that's just a straight up like example i mean honestly colin and drew nearly had a deal of kareem hunt for gronk straight up nothing else attached you what fell through ultimately but even though that's clearly an awful trade for drew and a landslide win for Colin, that does not get a veto unless Drew is clearly given up early, which I hate to break it to you, but tanking does nothing for this league except get you a hot, fat L and a punishment. And I don't think they had any signs of secretly trying to split the pot. I mean, Colin couldn't even text the guy to get the trade going at first. Anyway, moving on. Doesn't matter anymore. Rant over. Kept it under two minutes, I think, hopefully. We'll see what happens. Homeboy's probably going to do well for me, and Homeboy's probably going to do well for Bobby. So time will tell. How about we get into some crystal ball talk right off the rip? Because this is pretty interesting, not going to lie, from what we've got on the league updates. So this week with the rest of season rankings, I'm also going to add on a couple placements just to show how movements up and down the ranks have been going. So I hate to break it, but we got a new last place team. It's not you, a dog. It's cook suckers. Moving down one spot, finally hitting the bottom rung. Just got to get 19%, one in five chance of making the big dance with a not-so-healthy 2% chance at being the champ overall. Godspeed, good luck. Just a reminder, don't tank. (laughs) Again, Adam not being last, he moves up to 11th place with 33% chance of making the playoffs, followed by no regrets, some regrets with 40% odds. Your boy didn't move either, hitting that top pole in the third bowl at 64% odds, though. Got a little bump. We'll see what happens. All right, rounding out the last seed in the playoffs, we've got Natty Natterdays taking a two-spot drop, but still having 71% odds. 
followed by Hot Locket taking a tumble five spots down. It was lonely towards the top. He figured it'd be a good time to throw some tanking in. We still got 73% odds, though. We got the middleman, Hot Rod and Herbert Hole at 77%. With number five, Stafford Infection dropping two spots, hitting 78%. Top four, top four, new contenders, Golden Boy Shower, plus four spots, all the way from eighth to fourth. Hmm, I wonder if anything had something to do with it outside of just his win. Could have swore he lost a trade this weekend. You stupid! 79% odds for Bobby. Third place, C-Rap Squad taking that mighty leap. Trade hasn't even came through yet with Kenny G and Big Mel coming to his team. Looking pretty good, though. 80% odds. And we have our top two, Keenan the Barbarian, finally getting into the top two again with 91% odds. 11% chance at taking home the trophy, too. Good for you. And, of course, there's no change. Even with a busted-up CMC... Two a girls, one cup, 94% odds. I'm guessing the only reason he's up top is because they think Cooper Cup is on his team. Change your team name and see how it goes. I dare you. couple highlights from this past weekend of how we probably got some of these ranking shakeups. Team of the week, obviously, again, two weeks out of the three so far. Chase, two a girls, one cup, 232.2 points. Keep it rolling, man. Keep it rolling. Don't blow your wad too early, though. We all know how that goes. Ask Adam and Josh from previous seasons. Uh, biggest loser of the week? I put you on the pedestal last week, Buzzy. Coming in hot with a 2-0. Took a big drop to this turd. to my bum ass how does that feel boy only 128 oof not quite the barn burner we hoped for but you know what it happened you'll bounce back don't worry josh jacobs is coming back soon if not you got peyton barber i'm pretty sure you spent the most fab you've ever spent in all seasons combined for peyton so maybe he'll do something for you biggest blowout c-rap squad taking cook suckers to the woodshed staggering 92 and a half bones narrowest victory again not quite as close as we were hoping to see but keenan the barbarian over uh lots of regrets by 13 and a half points which is funny because he had the top dog player in josh allen almost 60 points and he still lost somewhere in some sad lonely apartment according to colin little mikey man is punching the air right now r.i.p buddy all right bottom of the barrel player this is a tie between Damian Harris and Allen Robinson because they both had a solid six points, even though A.J. Brown goosed thanks to a pulled hammy. I'm not going to pull that against him. And finally, our bench warmer of the week. I don't think this helped you any, cook suckers, but Kareem Hunt with a 35 burger just piping hot on that bench. Probably should give him the nod sometime, bud. That way he can earn you some of them fat stacks, get you that fab money. Speaking of fab. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Where's my money, bitch? Last week's winner for the 10 bucks in fab was none other than Austin Eckler. Put up a solid 30 points, helped Bobby cruise along to an easy win. And uh, hey, guess what? I didn't completely shit the bed on some predictions for a change. Chase Edmonds didn't do too bad with a solid 22. I don't think he was in the flex, but hey, he played well. Thank God it's a PPR league. Otherwise, that would have been 
<laughs> because he did not come through for that parlay. On the other hand, Jamar Chase, way to keep rolling, buddy. I mean, I know T. Higgins was out for a little bit, but homeboy just kept pulling up. I think that was just a bunch of talk on the preseason, man. He was trying to get people just doubting him. He's straight up snagging balls left and right, especially in the end zone. This week's fab earner, however, not going to be as fun to predict. Unfortunately, we got kickers. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Young Hui Koo, you're my dude, but you got to fucking step it up, bud. I'm sick of watching you not get any points, even though you're not even on my team. I think for bold predictions, God, kickers are so lame. I can understand why people kick them out, even though they're the staple of this particular league. We care about them deeply. They just don't do jack shit for the most part, or at least the ones I've been picking this season. Let's go with Matt Gay, honestly. L.A. Rams kicker. He's got a decent matchup at home against the Cardinals. I think that game's going to be another one that the Rams can score fairly easily on. And if for some reason the Cardinals defense gets lucky on a couple times, granted, it's a division game. They might have a couple more tricks up their sleeve than I'm giving them. But I think Matt Gay's going to have a fairly solid outing either way. I mean, he's been six for six so far on the season. I think four of them have been inside the 40, but even with his two long bombs, he's hit them no problem. And then he's 100% with 11 PATs. So let's see what happens. It's an indoor field too. My not-so-bold prediction of the week, 20-point Tucker just hit a 66-burger at Detroit. No altitude, no nothing, just a whole lot of balls and a missed delay a game penalty. (laughs) As soon as I saw that live, homeboy took an extra half step back And then he fucking crow hopped like he was throwing someone out from center field and booted it. As soon as he took that crow hop, I was like, it's over. Granted, it's the most Lions thing ever to lose that way, especially with the penalty added in too. But hey, got to give it to him. Right down the pipe, no prob. Even had the little good luck bounce. Shooters roll. Uh, This week, he's playing again. Speaking of altitude, at Denver, mile high. He's going to have a lot thinner air and a lot more travel on that ball. Range might even go to 70. Give him a shot. Fuck it. See what happens. Time to see, though, if uh, Denver's D is actually the real deal, too, and can keep Lamar from scoring and uh, give Tucker more kicking opportunities. I'd like to see it happen. I mean, even with Bradley Chubb being out, and I know they're getting kind of banged up on both sides of the ball, I think they got a shot at just kind of keeping that Uncle Mo going from this little tune-up game they had against the Jets. And speaking of kickers, I can't think of a better one than... Rodrigo Blankenship to do the player profile on this week. Hot Rod, none other than Rodrigo Blankenship, the former Georgia Bulldog and Lou Groza Award winner too. He's a he's a fucking marvel. He's a specimen. Anybody with rec specs like that, you have to respect. I don't give a shit who they are, what they look like, what they do for a living. That guy gets laid way more than all of us. Even though I think he's engaged to some very frumpy-looking woman, I'm sure she has a great personality. Uh, You know he's giving it to her all the time. Homeboy can get it. And he's got 20-20 vision for it, too. He ain't missing unless he takes him off. It might be a little blurry, but she might look better, too. Who knows? Outside of just insulting the man for what he's doing off the field, uh, I'd like to kind of do a little deep dive on his two biggest passions, uh, one of which being, you guessed it, fucking Legos. Uh, don't think anybody was shying away from that one. And the other being, what? Homeboy's got a sneaker passion. Huge sneaker head. Dude has literally 80 to 90 sneakers so far in his collection. Anything between Adidas, Nikes, Yeezys, he's got them. 
And the best part is he's got matching socks to go with each pair of shoes. Again, doesn't surprise me one bit, at least on that detail. I did a little interview with GQ showing off some of his favorite pairs, and I believe his favorite pair was the Nike Galaxy Air Max 90s, which, of course, he has a matching Marvel Comic Galaxy sock to go with it. Tell you what, homeboy's got some swagger on them feet. Makes sense. He kicks for a living. The other one, which we all saw coming, the Legos portion. I think since he's joined the league, he's spent roughly four grand on Legos. I can think of a lot better things to spend four grand on other than Legos. You know, like podcast equipment, uh, competition, smokers, uh, fly fishing rods that you haven't used in a year and a half. The basics. Yeah. Okay, maybe he can spend it on what he wants and actually be passionate about it. I'm not going to judge him anymore because I feel kind of hurt and insecure. Moving on. (laughs) He's literally already put up roughly 100 sets of Legos since joining the league. That's not individual pieces or base models. That's 100 sets. We're talking Star Wars. We're talking Indiana Jones. We're talking Harry Potter. Obviously Marvel, he's got a huge throbbing boner for that one. Speaking of Star Wars, though, he has a kitten named Lucas, which I can only assume it's named Lucas because of George Lucas, a.k.a. the creator of Star Wars. Outside of some of the dorky stuff, he's uh, actually quite the baller. Used to play soccer all the time through high school. Uh, Actually got some offers for that, too, but decided to go the kicker route and joined the Georgia Bulldogs a few years back. Finally made his appearance as a sophomore, uh, missed his first kick. Ironically, he missed his first kick professionally in the NFL too. Uh, Everything else though, it's been straight money, hasn't looked back since, mainly because he can't see. Which brings up the rec specs. Uh, Got him sometime early on in middle school, needed him because he couldn't see the goalposts if he was about 40 yards back, as well as the soccer goals later on. He could easily make the kick, he just needed to be able to see if it went in. And naturally that comes with some folks poking fun at it. I for one think they're fucking amazing. (laughs) If I'm blind at some point, I I am getting straight up rec specs. I don't care what I do for a living. I can sit there at a computer desk all day. I will wear rec specs because... You never know when somebody's going to pull up. A little bit of b-ball, trying to cross somebody up on the court real quick. Hey, maybe we'll get a flag football game going. I am always ready. Stay strapped for those specs, boy. And naturally, being an athlete, he had some pretty good people to look up to. Uh, Also wearing some rec specs. Be your boy Eric Dickerson, one of the best running backs in the game. Recently had his record broken by, I believe, Derek Henry or Adrian Peterson a couple seasons ago can't remember off the top of my dome and of course he had kareem abdul jabbar to look up to and dude's a multi-time champion and also a savage and i think he also liked looking up to them because he kind of looks similarly to them same build same skin tone same athleticism in every single way shape and form but the one thing he did have the advantage on over those two guys the nickname hot rod where did that come from by the way I literally had to look it up again. Another one that I was obsessed with looking up. You'd think it came from somewhere cool, but um, again, I think we kind of could have predicted this one. That nickname came from his mom. (laughs) I don't know why you would want to give your kid the nickname Hot Rod, especially when he looks like he might have polio. Uh, But hey, she did it. She kept cheering it at games during middle school and high school for absolutely no fucking reason even though it embarrassed him and he asked her to stop. Somehow it picked up, though, when he was in college. It just fucking took off like a rocket. And I honestly think it gave him a little bit more street cred and swagger when getting into the league. So, hey, props to mom. She knew what she was doing. That being said, always make sure when you're watching the Colts, 
that you take at least one second to look on the sidelines for old number three warming up because when he comes out, it's game over. It's lights out. Took out Vinatieri, one of the best kickers in the league, a longtime legend. Sight, we don't need you anymore. Kick rocks. We got hot rod. Respect the specs. Hell, I might just have to change my bold predictions this week. I don't know. Hot Rod got that spicy matchup against Miami. Even though it's at Miami, you never know what kind of game you're getting there. I'm not going to deep dive into kicker stats right now. We're just going to keep going with what we got. But keep your eye out, Rodrigo. I'm watching you, buddy. You might take it this week. Get G-Money some bucks. All right, so amidst all my rants this episode, I kind of realized I went out of order a little bit. Before we end this one, I'm going to take a quick look at some of these matchups that we got going in week four. And first one I'm going to take a quick sneak peek at is A-Dog versus Stafford Infection. We got an 0-3 Adam. Kind of odd to see. Maybe he's too focused on hunting right now. He could give a shit less about this fucking game, which makes sense. Dude doesn't even watch football, so hey, (laughs) he's still fucking in here and he still wins it quite often. But starting out hot with an 0-3 against the mighty Scotty. Fresh meat coming in at 2-1. Making some rather questionable trades. Not off of collusion, but fucking frankly, I just, I'm guessing he has a little love for Henry Ruggs. Who the fuck knows? Either way, he said kick rocks to Fanton. He's rocking with Kyle Pitts. I admire the guts on sticking with Pitts. Either way, Scotty's rocking a current 17-point advantage at the moment. I think that's going to change up as soon as Adam pulls T. Higgins out. So let's say if he doesn't play Robert Woods, he could play Brandon Ayuk or something along those lines. Robert Woods as if the trade goes through, which quite frankly, it's hot trash. I think we should veto it immediately. Plus, I'm scared of Colin's team, so can't have that happen. Psych! Oof, I just realized I'm playing him this week. Oh, I just jinxed myself. You have a very nice team, sir. I can't wait to play. It'll be fun. It'll be great to watch Brady stomp my fucking head in just by himself. Anyways, whatever. Get back to it. Let's take a look through this roster. Patty Mahomes versus Matthew Stafford. That Philly D looked awful against Dallas. And that's mainly because of the run game. They didn't even fucking bother to adjust anything at halftime either. They were just going to keep fucking letting them eat and creep the linebackers up a little bit more until... Dak decided to throw all over him. And Stafford against a Cardinals D that is super up and down right now. I mean, I personally don't trust him a whole lot. I know Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt are there on the line, but that secondary outside of Byron Murphy and Buda Baker, it doesn't really tickle my fancy. Fuck, I can't even name a linebacker outside of Jordan Hicks. So I think that one... I hate to call that a wash because it's Mahomes, but Stafford's been on fire, rightfully so. Hey, Lions fans that said Matthew Stafford was the problem. (laughs) You think that's true still? Because I don't. Never did, to be honest with you. The guy's a fucking G, always has been, fucking gutted it out through multiple injuries, kept this fucking team alive. We should have been 0-16 more than once, which had nothing to do with Stafford, by the way. I hope he succeeds. I'd love to see the Rams go to the Super Bowl this year just to fucking stick it to some of these fans. There's a lot of them that still root for Stafford, though, so I respect those folks. God, I'm just going to have to call that one a wash, though. I really am. Moving on to Nick Chubb and Saquon. Quan, where have you been, buddy? Come on, we need you. Scotty needs you. Show us a little something on Sundays, please. Get back to your old self. Because otherwise, Nick Chubb's going to be making you look like a fucking fool against that somehow awful Minnesota front seven. I get it, Anthony Barr's gone, but come on, bro. We have Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce, Daniil Hunter, 
and then insert fucking rookie's name here since we've been having a fucking turnstile going on. <sighs> Advantage Chubb. Chris Carson, Jamal Williams. I'm going to go Chrissy. Even though Jamal has been a solid flex piece, I-, I like the way Carson's been running. I think it's kind of underrated. Oh, wait, what the fuck? Did you bench Miles Sanders? Are you really going to do that? <laughs> oh, brother, this guy stinks! All right, I'm trying to tell you how to run your team, but you do you, Scotty. Two and two. Calvin Ridley versus DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh, Hop's going to have Ramsey all over him. Even though he's not quite shadow coverage, he's definitely going to be matching up with him quite often. Calvin Ridley, though, kind of a sluggish start. I personally didn't think it was going to quite be this bad, but I also didn't think that Arthur Smith would completely shit the bed on learning how to run that Falcons offense. I'm going to give the nod to Ridley rather reluctantly, but is what it is. Uh, Not T. Higgins versus Tyler Lockett. Let's see. I'll either play Woods or IU. Personally, I'd probably... That's a coin flip, honestly. Who the fuck knows on that one? I must still rock with Lockett because he's just been pretty hot-handed, even with a kind of uh, sketchy knee injury, which he came back in after, and I haven't seen him on any injury reports coming into the practice week, so we'll see what happens. I'm going to leave that one up to a watch right now, or at least maybe maybe a TBD since we don't quite know who he's going to throw in there. Higbeast versus Pitts. God, Pitts has got to have a come-out game here pretty soon. Last week wasn't too terrible, but I need to see him in the end zone. Tyler Higby, super hot or super cold. Um, hot being like 5 for 60 in a tutty. Cold being maybe one catch for eight yards. Ugh. Can I just stop doing the prediction on this one? It's kind of bumming me out. I'll go Higby against my better judgment. Manuel Sanders versus OBJ. OBJ looked great. So did E-Man, though. E-Man finally broke out. I wouldn't even say broke out. He just finally actually matched up with some of Josh Allen's targets. He was hitting him uh, early and often. He just wasn't making the connection. It was, you know, at least a 20-plus yards depth of target. E-Man finally hauled him in. He looked great doing it. Oh my god, both of these defenses are trash. Again, this is going to have to be, even though we're going with some some name weight with OBJ, I'm still going to call that one a push too. Kenny Young versus Cole Holcomb, the battle of the I don't know who these defensive players are because they haven't broke out yet. Clearly they're just racking up some tackles for their team. We'll call her a wash. I don't want to bother looking into Holcomb's stats. Rams D against Arizona versus Washington against Atlanta. It's a get-right game for Washington. Finally kind of level out the playing field. You're not playing the Bills anymore. You're not playing the whatever the fuck the Giants are. So Greg the Leg v. Harrison Butker. Sorry, Greg, but we're going with buttkicker.com. All right, let's tally that up. We got roughly four matchups to three that I favor over Adams, not including some of the TBDs. I think Adam finally gets his first win. Crack that zero off the board, buddy. think you got a good shot. Uh, hopefully I didn't just fuck you over with a nice little prediction, but we'll find out. <laughs> Either way, I'm probably going to be happy. Which leads us to another matchup that, again, I can't stop fucking talking about this guy's team every week, but he always finds himself into a matchup that I'm interested on. Natty Natter Days v. No Regrets, Some Regrets, A Lot of Regrets, Oh, why am I a Steelers fan regrets? Why do they still have Big Ben regrets? Why didn't they take a quarterback early regrets? Holy crap, Najee Harris is the only thing I've got regrets. Hey, we just paid TJ Watt a lot of money to rip his groin in half regrets. Shall I go on? 0-3 Mike versus a 1-2 Dakota. 
again, this is another matchup that Dakota finds himself in uh, that could really, really affect the rest of the season. And right off the rip, we've got Dak Prescott v. Josh Allen, two heavy hitters. Unfortunately for Dak and Dakota, Josh Allen plays Houston, and the Bills still can't run. They want to be the Chiefs of the fucking AFC East, and right now, they're looking like it, so... We'll find out if Carolina is the real deal on defense. They did lose J.C. Horn to a, I believe, a broken foot or possibly a Liz Frank injury. Not quite sure which one off the top of my head, but we'll see if that is detrimental to them. They've still got a pretty solid defensive line that can get to the quarterback quick. Um, Kellen Moore on the offensive coordinator side of Dallas has been really putting on a show lately as to how to adjust mid-game. I think he's in prime position for a head coaching position. Shout out to all the Lions fans that remember Kellen Moore used to be their backup quarterback a few years ago. I'm pretty sure Kellen Moore had a Heisman race going on on that blue turf in Boise. Oh my God, who the hell cares? I don't know. Got sidetracked. Derailed the whole thing. DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, a couple of question marks by both of them. Man, Swift is just, it doesn't really matter what the situation is. He still gets touches. He still gets targets, be it garbage time or two-minute drills. Aaron Jones, same thing. I didn't quite like seeing how much they used A.J. Dillon against the 49ers, but again, you got to realize what kind of talent you have on the field. I, I think Jones will find a way to at least get a couple catches out of the backfield albeit against a pretty stout uh, run defense in Pittsburgh. That's about the only thing they got going for him at the moment. I'm going to call that one a wash, though. Chuba Hubbard v. Damian Harris. It's not a question. Chuba's going to – it doesn't really matter who Chuba's playing. He's not playing the Bucks D, one of the top run defenses in the league. Damian Harris, I love you, dude. I've got you in, like, one other league that I'm really needing you to play well in, but – you can't have any expectations unless he's getting some sort of passing work, which might actually be possible thanks to James White more than likely going to be IRing it the rest of the season unless they keep putting in fucking Brandon Bolden. Why is Brandon Bolden in there so much? Bill Belichick, you're like the Jim Leland of fucking football with results, though, so I'll give you that one. Um, quit fucking throwing in random guys in the running back position. Let Damian Harris eat. I don't care if it's the Bucks D. I don't care how good they are. Give them some touches. See what happens. Right now, it's going to be the Chuba show, though. Keep chugging, bud. Devontae Adams v. DK Metcalf. Adams. I <laughs> I understand Mike's frustrated because they pretty much just let DK Metcalf sit by himself the second half of that Minnesota game. That's how Seattle's always been, though. They're going to let their guys eat early and often, and then... At one point in the game, it's like they forget their game script and kind of let some guys back into it a bit. Take their foot off the gas pedal, and as a result, DK Metcalf, I mean, barely topped 100 yards when he was at like 88 at halftime. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a get-right game. It's a divisional game. Divisional games are always fucking tough to judge because you never know if it's going to be a rock fight or if it's just going to be a straight-up barn burner. Off the top of my head, I want to say the past couple matchups between Seattle and San Fran have been pretty heavy-hitting ones, so maybe he's got a shot, but Devontae's A.A. Ron's right-hand man, and he's going to keep eating, so I'll give him the shot. Tyreek v. Terry. Scary Terry against Atlanta. I think the top cornerback right now is Isaiah Oliver for them, and he's been pretty pitiful. He's a young buck, though. He's still got a lot to learn. Tyreek V, big play slay, at least on the right side of the field. They're probably going to have him doing a lot of crossovers and switch-ups, which Philly's not been pretty good at, so advantage reek john U. smith v logan thomas the mediocre signing of the year 
versus the flourishing, in some people's words, Logan Thomas with Taylor Heineke. Uh, Flourishing or not flourishing, buddy, I'm still going to take Logan Thomas. It's a tight end position, though. He's just got to hope he falls into the end zone to really make a difference. Tyler Boyd v. Chase Claypool. Hey, Boyd having T. Higgins out is very favorable, and he didn't look too bad with the targets he did get, albeit Pittsburgh couldn't tackle to save their fucking lives. But uh, Chase Claypool against Green Bay... I'm, I'm guessing Juju's going to be limited. I don't know if Deontay's back yet. <sighs> I'm really shooting from the hip on this one. I don't think I really research compared to most times. It'd be like that sometimes when you got some work stuff going on. <sighs> I'm going to call that one a wash. I, I, I know that's crazy to think because Claypool's very talented, always goes up for the deep ball, lands awkwardly every time he comes down and gets the wind knocked out of him to where he's got to go on the sideline for two plays. But Jair Alexander's probably going to do some heavy lifting on that one. And Boyd's playing the Jags, so common sense would tell you to lean Bengals' ways, but we'll see. Buda Baker, Minka Fitzpatrick, the battle of the safeties. Finally, we got some safeties in this league. Hell yeah. <sighs> and I like them both, too. Buda against the Rams, Minka against Green Bay. Call it a wash. I expect to see a lot of cool plays from them both, though, so that'll be fun. Ravens D against Denver, Steelers against Green Bay. Make sure we're not swapping anybody out. Yeah. <sighs> Ravens, I think you're really going to let us all know whether Teddy B is the real deal as well as that entire offense or you're going to fucking humble him real quick and make Colin sit and cry in a corner. I've always liked Teddy, though. Obviously, being a Minnesota Viking at one point before they tried to make sure he didn't have a leg to stand on, he's fought his way back from a lot. I'm always rooting for the dude, but I think the Ravens are going to kind of take care of business on this one. I could be totally wrong, though. I might be eating some crow. Battle of the Kickers. Tyler Badass Bass versus Young Ho Young Hey Koo. You know I'm going to rock with my boy, even though Bass is kind of an underrated kicker. He's got that one fucking black eye paint stripe underneath his eye. Who the fuck are you trying to intimidate, buddy? <laughs> but yeah, I don't see anybody really on these benches that we're going to try to sub in. I mean, Miles Gaskin has a shot of making it in, but I, I wouldn't put him in over Swift or Hubbard. And I probably would let Tyler Boyd sit right there in the flex. And looking at Mikey Mann's team, Michael Thomas. Have fun waiting a few more weeks for that. Tyson Williams. Trash. Fuck that guy, and fuck the Ravens for not using that guy. Jalen Rager, nothing. Matty Ice, Dallas Goddard, Damian Williams. Yeah, I don't see anything we're going to be swapping out. Current points stat out to 193.5 over 182.1 in favor of Natty Natterdays. All of my picks right now make sense to go with Dakota again, but... Man, Josh Allen is going to fucking feast, I imagine. I don't know if he can quite put up another close to 60-burger again, but homie's going to ball out, and he's going to need him to ball out every little bit, too. So I'm still rocking with Dakota. Um, I'm not going to take the points on this one. I'm going to just stick with Dakota right out. We'll see what happens. And speaking of Tyson Williams, um, I don't know if y'all are down for it. I threw it out this last week in the chat just to see if anybody wants to do a squad ride. Squad rides... For those who aren't degenerates, are basic small, like three max four leg parlays, or just even a small single game bet that everybody in that group chat or, you know, that watches football together, they throw in a couple bucks, either all on one ticket or individually. 20 bucks, 10 piece, whatever. You can bet whatever you want and just all bet on the same thing. Last week didn't turn out so hot. Danny Dimes did his due diligence, but Edmonds got most of his done through the air and Tyson 
I think had like five total snaps. So, ouch. It's a little too early right now for DraftKings to start putting player props out, though. But uh, I kind of wanted to just throw it out to anybody and see any of you guys that want to throw in a couple bets or work, you know, just a couple pennies on something random just to have some extra fun in the game. I want everybody that is a gambler to throw out one player prop uh, prior to Sunday morning or prior to the one o'clock games that uh, they think they want to put their money on. And we can all collectively put a couple guys like, you know, again, another two, three legger and try to win us some extra money on the side. I think it'd be kind of fun. If y'all aren't down for it or don't want to do that segment, totally let me know. I'm okay with it. I'll just shoot it in the group text and keep it out of this. But I think it'd be a fun time. Uh, Let me know what you think, and um, we'll go from there. So until next week, peace. Oh, and to the winless guys, good fucking luck, buds. (laughs) 